Hey, do you want to be a DJ? I want to be a DJ! Hello everybody, welcome to episode 6 of Varsky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast. I am your host Varsky, why that would be weird if I wasn't because I'm in the freaking name. Rate, review, subscribe. As always, a massive thank you to everyone that's left a review on the iTunes uh, podcast list. Thank you so much. Your one review goes so far in helping me establish this podcast. We are still in its baby stages. We are already on episode six, and I'm in this for the long haul with you guys. Today, we have a very good friend of mine in the industry, someone who, when I started this podcast, and the ethos has always been to get friends of mine in the industry to discuss how they became a DJ and just 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 talk general life. Uh, he was always the one that I thought of, and I finally managed to get him on. We've been, as he says later on, we playing tennis uh, in terms of availability, but we are here. I finally got him down, and this is Martin Too Smooth. I hope you guys enjoy it. What's going on, guys? Today, I'm joined by someone very special, someone who, when I started this podcast, I wanted to get on first in mind. Um, also, the tour DJ for Eve, Superstar Eve, someone who I would regard as a king of the London urban, um, London urban, London urban scene. God damn, get out, my word. Get out, don't worry. <laughs> and also someone who's probably one of the nicest guys I've met in this industry, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I got Martin too smooth. What's going on, mate? Hey, boss, <laughs> appreciate the intro. I've never had an intro like that. Well, man. you How know. You? It's I'm always all... you giving the intro, so it's got nice to be on the other end. Yeah, I was like that until I started this podcast, and then I'm doing it on the other end. It's quite nice being on the other end of it, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. It's a big week for you, isn't it? It is. It's a big, big week. It's been a tiresome, tiresome process, but it's all good, mate. Looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. You guys travel and clock up the Mars. But uh, before we start, I want to apologise to anyone that listens to the podcast because Varsky's been trying to get me to do this for a while. And for some reason, we've had loads of miscalled tennis and we've been missing each other. But we're finally here and we'll chop it up Yeah, now. yeah, we're finally here. And no pressure, Martin, but this is going out tonight. So don't fuck up. So I'll have to spend hours on post-edit. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 oh dear I don't even, you know what I don't, I don't even know where to start do you know with other guys like I'm just like alright so you know tell tell the listeners like you know what a life like in but now I've got you on I just want to chat normal <laughs> I don't even give a fuck <laughs> well, we don't need a script we don't need we a don't, script we don't need a script but yeah, so for those who are listening we will get on to Martin's profession uh, in somewhat very soon but you know Martin I want to um, just talk about random shit mate do you know what I just watched on Facebook what did you watch? So, um, Mount Etna in Sicily has erupted. Have you seen it? No. And they've got a drone footage of the volcano erupting. Wow. Dude. Technology, eh? Dude, I was like, what the fuck? I've actually seen a volcano erupt. Like, it's erupting now. And what... Were you affected by the um, volcano when it erupted in Iceland a few years back and they stopped all the flights in the UK and that? No, nah, no, nah, because we never venture up there. No, but even any flights in the UK were affected that, at that point. This is like maybe five years ago. Oh, and it might have been. But you know what? Five years ago, we weren't really doing... Travelling that much, yeah. yeah. We were just yeah, doing UK people, stuff. Yeah, so, so Martin, when I first met you, um, yeah. like, if someone said to me, Martin Too Smooth, like, the first thing I'd say, he's a king of the urban scene in London. Smashes yeah. it. Smashes it without a doubt. I don't um, know about king, but yeah. <laughs> I do okay. I do okay. And then, um, obviously, on top of that, you, you're, you're a tour DJ for Eve, and you went on tour recently with Eve and two other artists, right? So, like, in the last year, we've um, we've done a bit, fair bit of touring with Eve, uh, and, like, 
a lot of people, I'll give you a little background story as to how it happened. Like, how is a British guy, actually, how is a young, how is an Indian kid from Essex, a tour DJ? For Damn Dragon right. Damn freaking right. So, um, I was a tour DJ for a, hip, uh, for a singer called Cleo Soul. She was signed to Ireland, and I'm still really tight with her. Whenever she had puts out music, I'll still gladly do that job. And that was a job that Hanif and a guy called Benny Scars hooked me up with, which I'm internally grateful for because after that, I've got so much good things happen from it. Um, and then she, her music went down quiet for a little bit. So Eve moved to the UK at this point, and she needed a UK-based DJ because she was um, living with her then fiance uh, Maximilian Cooper, the head of Gumball 3000, and then. I did a couple of shows. The second show, I'll tell you this, I messed up completely. It was a sold-out club. It was G.A.Y. in uh, heaven. And it was, it was there's a lot of press uh, at this gig because it was her first proper gig when she dropped the Lip Lock album. And I messed up the track order like crazy. And I, I remember at one point on stage, she just gave me the look of death. And I thought, you know, <laughs> at the end of that gig, I thought, ah, oh, I got to, D I got to DJ for Eve a couple. Yeah, of it was good while it lasted. A good while, it had a good run. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then a few a month later, she had a gig in Lebanon, and uh, she called me up for it. And then the rest is history. I've never really messed up since then, really. And um, it's just, yeah, it, that's what it is. And last year we toured uh, the states, did uh, USA. Canada and a little bit of South Africa with Gwen Stefani and we did a couple of shows with Chris Brown. I don't know if anyone's really heard of them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're OGs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we did Australia recently with Ja Rule and Ashani, which is wicked. I really enjoyed Australia. So let's talk about like your life on road when you're touring with these yeah. guys. What what's a what's a day in a life like when you're when you're away touring with what, with, with, the, with the caliber of artists that you have been, yeah. Alright, so for me, um, get to the, just say we land uh, in a city and we've got a show that night. So we land in Sydney, for example. I'll, I'll find out the itinerary when the sound check is. Um, I will all go to sound check together. He will go straight into the dressing room. And I will literally do deal with all the, the technical issues. Like um, they might get her mic ready, get her sound pack ready, get her in-ears ready, uh, make sure the visuals are up. Um, make sure I'm all plugged in. My job is just to be the liaison with her and the venue. So you're acting I'm, like a, a tour manager as well as her DJ? I would say tour manager as such, because I don't deal with the hotels and stuff, but I deal with all the technical side of things when it comes to the actual show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so what's like, what's the coolest thing that's happened on tour that you can think of off the top of your head? Like what's like the dopest thing that you think, ah, oh, shit, only on like, the tour with these guys would this ever happen? You know what? Everyone thinks it's really raucous and like there's going to be loads of like. It's not, I'm not touring with Chris Brown, so there's no loads of. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course you are, bro. Fuck, yeah, fuck, fuck, no fuck, fuck of, shit. Like, bad bitches everywhere and stuff like that. But um, it's it's quite uh, civilized and sophisticated. I'm I'm touring with a a, a lady like uh, um, who who's seen it, done it all before. So it's not too raucous. So. Some cool stuff happened, like when we were in Melbourne, we were staying in the same place as Serena Williams. She came to the show. She gave us tickets to her games, um, which is cool, and stuff like that. Like I, I'm really into sports, so anything that's sport-related and is connected to the shows, I'm always pretty gassed about. I'd have been like, hey, Serena, you know uh, I do tennis as well, right? 
Do you play tennis? No. <laughs> Fuck do I. <laughs> I'm a football man. I'm a football and um, badminton dude. Are you a Leicester? Leicester? No, man. I'm a Liverpool fan. No, fuck off. Leicester. Fuck, it must yeah. have been a hard year for you. It's, it was a hard, it's been a hard week, mate. We got, we got thrashed on Monday. I know, I know, I know. Horrible. Leicester aren't in my be- uh, best books at the moment. No, I don't think they're in anyone's best books, the way they treated the whole Ranieri situation. But at the same time, if you saw how they perform, I watched the whole game um, against Liverpool what, on, Monday, yeah? Yeah, on Monday, and they were a different team. They were like who they were last season. And yeah, so you've but- got a question. Like Ranieri must have been kicking the TV watching it. Mm. It was just um, real... So frustrating. But yeah, no, he just comes across as a really nice guy, and I just thought... Six months into after creating history, I know. And if, you know, if you go around Leicester, right? So everywhere you go, there's like posters and, and, and paintings of him on walls. It's it's a once they won the title, Leicester's become a, a really nice place to be. It's like just just everywhere. There's just but yeah. So Leicester's become a very very nice place to live in general. Yeah. You know. So yeah. um, right, you is perfect, isn't it? Because you guys travel the length and breadth of the country and like abroad. So. You're literally in the centre of the UK, so you can just get to anywhere within two hours or so. Yeah, right? literally. If, if if anything's more than two hours, we're looking at each other like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, I hear um, you. But no, we are, we are in a very, very good location. And also, I've lived there since I was like seven. So it's, yeah. te- it's technically home, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... Um, we're talking about you mentioned the gumball right because yeah. i've seen loads of videos on your facebook uh about the gumball rally and obviously it's a f- it's a it's a f- global phenomenon it's famous yeah. um what's 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 your life like when you're on the gumball tour? oh you know what it's the first time I, I ever got to do it was this year um i've been a fan of uh gumball in the sense that i didn't know what it was really about i used to see jackass remember a program jackass on mtv yeah John, hi i'm johnny knoxville yeah yeah that's one you know it and he did, uh, they all did the gumball, and I thought, oh, that looks like a laugh. Um, and I never really thought much of it. And then when he, when I started DJing for Eve, and I realised um, her fiancé and her now husband, Max, is like the head honcho, the guy that created gumball, um, I just got to know it a bit more. And I've always been a fan of it close. So they asked me to do it this year. And we did um, Dublin to Istanbul. So went from Dublin to Edinburgh to London, London to somewhere in Germany, Germany to Hungary, Hungary to Romania, and then, yeah, that was the rally. And uh, I did it with Charlesy, DJ, uh, the Tiny Temples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Malia brother. Yeah, is it? Yeah, he, he told me about that. He yeah. told me. He's an old school Malia head. And we did it with two securities. So we're in this, like, Mercedes Jeep, which is a big car, but we're with two huge dudes. Like, Eve Security, if you've ever seen her, is a man mountain, Obi. is the biggest security I've ever seen in terms of, like, he's just wide. He's not all, isn't, like, the American securities are all fat. He's just muscle. And um, so sitting in the car with them lot was a bit uncomfortable at times with all our luggage. And you know what? I used to get, I traveled from uh, London, to, uh, from Dublin to London. I had bad travel sickness. And at, uh, after the party in London, I was so tired, a lack of sleep and travel sickness. The parties were wicked. I was going to tell Max, Max, I'll fly to all the, the venues from now. <laughs> fuck the fuck I, the driving, bro. And <laughs> I just I had a realization where I said, "Look, you're getting this opportunity that no one gets. Man up, Martin. Just freaking suck it in." And then after London, the trip was amazing. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's just a great bunch of people. It's just a real cool lifestyle brand. Um, so what and, is it? What is it? What is it exactly for someone who doesn't know what a Gumball Rally tour is? Oh, all right. So it's like they get a hundred cars. And they travel 3,000 miles, since it's called Gumball 3000, in seven days. Um, like previous years has been Miami to Ibiza. So they'll ship the cars. No, they'll fly the cars uh, overnight when you're flying in another jet. 
all dedicated, like a private jet for all the gunballers. And there, there's a plane behind you with all your cars. And then you go to a different continent and you drive to the destination. It's like that. Um, it's, you get a real range of people. You will have like a, a brain surgeon to a professional skateboarder to a graffiti artist to a footballer to a rapper to a Afrojack. Like I was DJing with Afrojack every every night, and you you know what it's like uh, DJing with these guys, man. It was it's crazy. It was yeah, crazy. It's a real mix of people. Right. So then, when you get to a destination, then what? Okay. Oh yeah. So I didn't even describe that. Uh, <laughs> so. Not every night is partying because you literally will die. Like, because um, you're driving, you're driving for like twelve to fourteen hours days. You- are you driving yourself? Like, are you? Do- We're all driving. We'll take it in turns. And what car are you driving? You, I must have only drove, driven about four or five hundred miles. Okay. Uh, Charles E did a big bulk of driving, and Obi did most most of it as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was at the back. I stole pillows from hotels and just slept pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So what car? <laughs> what car? We had, what car? Sorry. Yeah, we were supposed to have a Hummer. And okay. Then, uh, we didn't get the Hummer in the end, so we had like a, an M class Mercedes Jeep, pretty much. Oh yeah, you said this before, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And that was all decked out with a decal and oh, I don't yeah, know, yeah, decal really, or whatever. Um, everything. I'm not really a car head, which is. Um, are you really into cars? No, right? not, I used to be in my early days. I spent a lot of money on cars and I lost a yeah. lot of money on cars. And ever since then, I hate cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if you've got the money, you might as well. But yeah. So it's a crazy investment if you want to buy a supercar. But yeah, no, it was it was comfortable. It wasn't super fast because remember, bear in mind, we were we were up against like Lambos, the Batmobile. Like Max and Eve had like a, uh, a carbon fiber Aston Martin. There was Formula One cars. Like David Hasselhoff had a Lambo like it's yeah we, we we were pretty much the slowest car on there but still we made it through and we weren't that far behind everyone so then when you have when you when you arrive at your destinations do you like is there a party at every destination yeah there's um a party every other destination so okay. we started off in dublin there was a party and then we stopped in edinburgh there wasn't a party but people would go out and have a few drinks or party like uh but there wasn't an official party and then there was an official party in london tape um, there was I played a, there. Lo- lovely little venue. Yeah, sick venue, right? Yeah. It's the hot, hottest venue in town, probably. Um, and then we stopped in a theme park in Germany. That was when we were exhausted. Like That was like a 16-hour drive from London. Um, and we got to chill there. There wasn't that much to do. We were watching like, some Cirque du Soleil. That was the party. But it's a party every other day. So like it'll be me, Afrojack, and Charlesy this year. And then like Bunby would perform, or Eve would perform, or yeah, people like that. Okay, sounds like sounds like a pretty cool little tour. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. Because I, I, I was watching, I was keeping tabs on like Facebook, and I've seen the video and shit. It just looks nuts. It looks absolutely nuts. I don't think people... I never understood the magnitude of the event until we hit London, okay? So Regent Street only shuts down on special occasions like the NFL or a royal wedding or something crazy like that. Like when or, when, or when Rewire and Varsky are passing through to go, oh, to, go to Reading. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you guys as well. Um, or like the Christmas lights turning on. Uh, yeah, yeah. So but massive, yeah, massive events. Are close so they shut down Regent Street for Gumball and there was literally like hundreds of thousands of people there and it was crazy driving through there and like... Everyone lining the streets, like ten people deep everywhere. The magnitude of it is is crazy. Do you ever get the sense that obviously all these stars in the cars and people look, you, people will look at you and you think shit, no one's gonna know who I am? Yeah, yeah, all the time. So I think the funniest story I, that happened to me 
Pindana, man. The, oh, whatever. So we, we, we walked the red carpet at the EMAs last year, right? Oh, yeah, I saw that. How is all that? That was, mate, that was an experience and a half. Absolutely. Was it Milan, nice. right? No, it was in Rotterdam. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was uh, the day before we performed with Afrojack as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and the whole the whole thing was just nuts. It was the first time we've been asked to walk the red carpet. And did you do that in um, Glasgow? No, 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 no. We just oh, okay. we just DJ like the music week, so we did like loads of events leading up to it. But we we the progress you guys have made in it really. It, you know, sometimes it's sometimes we I I don't realize. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like you, you, everything moves so fast and your head's always down working. You don't actually realize the progress that you're making until like you step back and even doing this podcast and we're talking to people about it it's it's like i say it over and over again it's therapeutic for me because you know you do realize but anyway so back in rotterdam uh, last year we we walked the red carpet and obviously like people were walking there's loads of people that everyone knew and there's all these like teens going nuts for them and then me and rewire walk on and nobody knew who we are so i got the t- i got my snapchat out and i'm like do you want to know what it's like to walk on a red carpet and no one knows who you are it was so funny oh but I, did, I, I could not give a fuck, mate. Walking on that red carpet was so much fun. And the, and I'll tell you another funny story as well, is that the communication, because there were so many people involved in like organizing it, and then it got back to us. So the message got through like four people and then to us the whole day, whatever we needed to do. Yeah. So the time came and me and uh, Cam Rewire were just like, okay, we'll just, we'll just get like an Uber and go to the, we'll go to the place where they're doing it and we'll walk up and that's what we did we walked we got an uber outside we walked in with joe public and uh we went round the back through security and then we got to the red carpet tent and all these cars driving up in these like blacked out cars pulling up blah 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 they're all walking out and then here's me and rewire just walking <laughs> turn the corner and walk on the no, red carpet <laughs> you look the part you dress you're dressed really dapper yeah so, for once uh, in my life i wasn't in shorts and a hoodie you know yeah. I, I thought you know for one day let's let's just let's just dress up a bit <laughs> but you need to dress like that you know, i don't think uh, people will probably know uh the level of what you're doing uh who are listening to the podcast yeah, but yeah. whenever i see you guys you're always playing to like eighty thousand in malta and then next week you're in v festival shelling it to twenty thousand, and then uh you're going to another festival in croatia it's like you guys are festival slayers, and I don't, I don't think you, you, you guys uh, put it out there as much as you should do. Like you're doing things to a, a next level that not a but lot. Do you know of what's um, comprehend? Do, do you know what's interesting about what we do? And I think it's been the story of our whole thing, our, our whole career, is that we, when you're performing at these festivals, you've always got like four or five massive tracks behind you and then there's little old Rewire and Varsky who a lot of obviously most festivals we go to people still don't really know and we've skipped that level we've skipped the level of having a couple of tracks and we've just gone straight onto the stage and to be fair it's we've got a lot of like negativity for it there's a lot of animosity how come I I just think certain people look at us and think well what have you done to deserve to get it but the thing is are those certain people that um portray that negativity have they actually been to any of your shows there's been times i won't name names but there's been times where so there's been uh i think three years ago there was a a party in nuki there was like a summer summer spring break or something in nuki and there was an artist who was massive back in the day um it was utah saints and obviously now they're they're still DJing and you know what they're great guys really really good guys and the people that I grew up listening to and you know massive respect to the boys and I think um the way the night was set out 
and and I think that the organisers kind of thought, well, we know what Rewire and Varsky do. At least if we put them here at the peak of the night, they'll do their job and the night will, will go off normally. Yeah, so yeah. we'll play Utah Saints before them. And there was a DJ who was on that same night who kicked up a massive fuss. He's like, well, who the fuck are these guys? Who the fuck is Rewire and Varsky? And I think that's that's the maximum extent to what it's gone to in our face, as in, like, who the fuck are you to go on after Utah Saints? And at the time, me, me and Ke- Rewire were just like, well, whatever, in it, we'll go, we'll play. Yeah, whenever. I'll, I'll play at what? 7 o'clock if you want us to. I don't give a fuck. I've I've been like Louis and Hanif had a um, freshers gig. I don't think you were there actually, but um, Cam was there, and I'd lost my voice, so I couldn't really even help him out at all. And um, he DJed. He DJed. He didn't. He had no ego. That's the thing. Like he played whatever position he wanted. uh, Like the promoter wanted. He show it down and just think nothing of it, man. Like, I just think ego really gets in the way of progress a lot of the time. Yeah, I agree. And, and to be honest, Martin, I probably, I learned that very quickly because I think when I first started, I had a bit of an ego on me, Like we're talking six years ago. Okay. I came in and I, and I, I don't know why I think, I think it was a defense mechanism mm. because I've always, um, I've always, I, I, maybe it's because of the past or whatever, but I've always had an ego. Oh, not anymore. But back in the day I had a massive ego and I think it was a defense mechanism to protect myself from, I don't know, negativity or whatever. And I had to learn the hard way. And I did, you know, I look back now, I think some of the stuff I did and thought, mainly thought, I mean, like, you know, I'm so glad I'm, I'm you know, I'm, you grow up and you, you get to a certain place. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I think ego, ego really does stop progress. I think, you know, oh, when sure. people, when the day I dropped that ego and the day I became more comfortable, it was, it, it was in conjunction with the day I just became more comfortable in myself yeah, and, yeah. you know, just become very, very confident in what I was doing. And do you know, I think that was another thing as well. From DJing in Leicester, there was so much competition and it was like vicious competition as well, like from club to club to club. And you almost had to put yourself out there as this egotistical Barry Big Bollocks to yeah. actually get somewhere. And then when I went to Ministry of Sound and I carried that on, you realise fast that, oh shit, I don't even need that anymore because I'm here. I'm already here. Mm. And I think that when that day came was a day, I, I think all is in conjunction with the day I, I just became really, really comfortable with myself. Mm. And then, but you know, it's, it's, it's right. Yeah. But anyway, that was the, um, that was a funny story about being on a red carpet and no one yeah, knowing yeah, who yeah. you were. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure next year when you have those top 10 hits or something, like, <laughs> they'll, all be, they'll, all, they'll all be like, Oh, I remember you last year. Mate. Do you know, it would be nice. It would be nice if like, um, when we walked down, like, you know, someone just knows who we are. <laughs> no, you know what put that energy out there in the world man i'm sure it will happen yeah man i think this year as well i mean we're we're just biting at the opportunity now because we've had a couple of months off and i think it's maybe one month too much off because now yeah. we're getting like we want it so we, we just want to get on stage we, you know we planned we planned our you know 2017 sets we planned all the different type of things really busy for you guys this year right well yeah so basically between april and september i've had our first initial dates in from baz our manager um and I think there's something like 50 dates in six months. Wow. And that's fucking nuts. Considering that... Big boy dates, aren't they? They're not like... Yeah, I mean, like the, the, some of the festivals that... You know what's crazy as well? And this, this is really nice about what I do, is that I get tweeted 
posters and flyers of festivals that I don't even realise that I'm on because I haven't really taken much. You know, I, I get you yeah, know look at it in a week. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get yeah. my dates and on my calendar at home, I write my dates down. Whatever city I'm in, I don't write what what event that is. So then I find out what date. What I find out what kind of festival date that is. Like maybe two weeks before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes even, like you said, a week before, you know, you're so, yeah. you head down, you're moving 100 miles an hour with your work. And when when I get a flyer or a poster tweeted to me saying, oh my God, you're at this event. I'm like, fuck, about <laughs> that yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> but it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing about doing what we do. And, uh, you know, it is, um, it's very rewarding as well. But, you know, so we, we started, our first event together was at V Festival, wasn't it? Was it really? Yeah, I'm pretty... Well, no, it's we got to be before that. We did a small event in London. That's when I actually got to know you and we had that massive, like, Indian brother moment. Like, <laughs> no way you're Indian! <laughs> yeah, you don't get ready of them on the scene. No, man, it is, it is. It is really, really nice to, like, you know, just to see other, other Indians doing really, really well. But, so we did that small event and then I think the one after that was V Festival in 2014. Yeah, oh, that... Bro, that was V... Fe- I had no idea how... Because uh, you know what? When Baz... I'm not... I'm not a Vici, I'm not Afrojack or anything like that. <laughs> You're Martin too smooth, bro. <laughs> yeah. When Baz called me up to do the gig, I was like, oh, mate, I'm, I'm booked. I've got my residency on a Friday. I don't think I can do it. He goes, oh, but Martin goes, he goes, you, you want to do this, mate. It'll be really, really good. <laughs> and when Baz says something's going to be good, it's normally freaking sick. Um, so I just got, I went up there by train on my own, um, took a taxi from the station to the uh, to the uh, the campsite where it is, and I couldn't even um, figure out how to get in because it's so big. And then I got there, and they were like, "Oh!" And then as soon as you get there, they'll give you a buggy and they'll drive you to the stage. And then I didn't realize how good that gig was. It was dope, and I love playing against uh, with you guys because. We don't play anything similar. No, like, we don't. Such a good break playing hip hop. Yeah, and I love. Do you know, like every time you've played at the festivals that I've been at, you haven't seen me, but I've been at the bottom of the stage with everyone else jamming. Yeah. Um, and I swear, uh, on the last Plymouth Crashes when you did the superhero DJ set, um, I was doing Snapchat for MTV. Oh, okay. okay. And I was down. I was down there with the people just jamming to your set. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's wicked. Like likewise, when when you guys have. Um... When, when I'm finished, like, Noel took some footage um, from when you guys are DJing. It, it's, it's electric, man. Like, it takes, I think, experience to to really kind of control a, a stage that big, man, I think. Um, and you've got to be good on the mic. Like, you guys have got it down to a T. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great experience. I love V-Festival. Yeah. Do you know the, that... that- that um v festival that we're talking about uh, that was the first v festival that we did or was it oh. the second one it might have been the second one because it was the one before that sorry yeah because that was the one with skt right yeah 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 and okay then i did the one we did two uh we did another one large a year before last yeah okay so then the so you've done two with us right yeah okay so then the you must have done three or four then right? no 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 i'm just trying to think it may have been the one that you were at or it may have been the year before. Um, but that was the first time V Festival have ever done anything on a Friday, on the Friday. Such a great idea. Yeah. And now BBC fucking Radio 1 have gone in there and put in their big time DJs. <laughs> no, no, no. They don't take that Friday. Take- you know what? I, I genuinely don't think... Um, I, I, I think we could have just entertained them just as much as 
any of those guys as well yeah I think so but then yeah. obviously in this world where tickets sell they needed names you know and, well, it, and it is the industry that we're in and it, it, and it does add value like yeah. I saw Annie Mack doing both days uh, both um, venues you know they've got a V Festival in Staffordshire as well that's right yeah there's one in Stoke and one in Staffordshire between the two and did both gigs that night yeah. Essex and Stoke sorry yeah 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 but, um, um, yeah. No, but yeah, I think, and I don't think when when Club MTV went in there the first year, judging by what they gave us as a setup, because um, I think yeah, it may have been the year before you got there, yeah. because the year that we did it, it was literally just a table, a wired mic, uh, a couple of speakers, because they went wired ex- mic, bro. I'm I'm not like they gave me a wired mic at the V Festival, and I don't, and you know when someone gives you a wired mic, there's only a couple of reasons because they all get a tech rider. I think there's only a couple of reasons. One, they don't like me. (laughs) Um, Two, they aren't expecting anything big for the night, so they don't want to pay money or they don't want to get the the wireless out. Um, Or or three, they... They're just not a club that merits it. But I think this was a case of two, where like they just weren't expecting what they got. There was 26,000 people in that tent the first time we did it. It's nuts. Absolutely ridiculous. And bear in mind that V Festival going on for as long as it has, it's an established, it's a juggernaut of a festival in the UK. Yeah, and like M&M's headlining it this it, year. Right? Exactly, yeah. right? Oh my God, M&M. Dude, and I'm in Croatia that, that weekend. I can't even go to it. And like Bieber headlined it last year. I yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and that basically we, we're doing the MTV Summer Breaks Festival in Croatia every yeah. weekend that the v, v Festival do it. Um, so I think... That first weekend we did it, there was 26,000 people in that festival raving. And what was cool about that weekend is that because budgets were low and because they weren't thinking anything of it, old Rewa and Varsky were headlining the Friday de- Friday night event. <laughs> yeah, you did that every year. No, well, we didn't headline it. If you look at the flyer, Rewa and Varsky are headlining that motherfucker. I thought you headlined every year that I was there. Nah, because the time you were there, SKT were head, was uh-uh. headlined. And then I think that was the last year. But you always go on last. No, we, we always go on last or we go on like, um, we go on where the filler needs to happen, where like the party needs a bump or something. Okay, okay. So. Um, what was I going to say? I always shoot off late, um, like after my set. I don't get to hang around too much because I'm working that Friday night. But out of interest, like what's it like? Is the energy levels keep rising even till like 11 well it depends at what kind of event are we talking yeah. about v festival yeah yeah yeah. so basically one of the reasons why all of us love when when you're on the bill is because like what you said it's like we don't play we, we play so opposites but for a festival ev- like ev- both our kind of music need to be included to for the overall journey of the night do you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like when there is someone like you playing the R&B and then when there's someone playing maybe a deep tech house and then there's us, we get the best set. We get like the, the, the best sets that we have, you know, up there with the best. And it's really crazy because someone asked me, how would you, how do you uh, put in to a league how, how good a set is? Because we, like you said, we do so fucking many yeah. and it's like unfair to say which one's the best, but from a music technical side of it, the ones that we remember are the ones where we've had someone like you before us mm. and or like we've had a really good set of artists before us but obviously i can't talk for afterwards because afterwards like i'm i'm backstage or whatever so yeah. you know um before us playing 
to play into a musical journey that leads up to us. There are some events where obviously the headline event, the headline is like Martin Garrix or the headline is Afrojack in which we've got to adjust our set because a lot of what we play is Martin Garrix and Afrojack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I've mentioned the podcast before, that's actually like, that's something that I really enjoy. I look forward to because... You can get creative. Yeah, exactly. And as humans, you know, if you get comfortable with one thing, it kind of, you just kind of go with the same thing over and over again. But this forces you out of that. And, you know, you've got to think fast on your feet. You can't do the same stuff again. You can't say the same stuff in the same place. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, and even when I was like, when I was an R&B DJ back in Leicester, you know, you become like, you know, when, when you have a good set that works, you stick to that set, you know, and you try and change it up a little bit. Well, I did anyway. I try and change it up a bit every Saturday. but. You get comfortable. And I think that's what, as artists, we still... I mean, I'm sure you do as well, you know? Um, For sure, man. Residency is really tough. Like, you have to bring something different each week. But it's hard because people want to hear the same hits that they expect. Do you know what I'm saying? And if you've done something one week that works, you want to bring that on to the next week because it's going to work again. It's a tough one. Being a resident is tough, man. Um, But I enjoy it. Like, I genuinely enjoy every sort of gig I'm doing at the moment like yeah I miss I miss them days when I was like a resident R&B DJ yeah, yeah. Nah, it's fun man and I just like doing like even though I do the hip hop stuff like you saw me at the Christmas party like I'll, I'll like I was so open for <laughs> dude I can't remember much from the Christmas party <laughs> yeah you man and you were on after me yeah I know mate do you know what that was um that was the first time uh, all year and bear in mind it was like November that was the first time all year that I'd actually got drunk oh, and I was Christmas, man. And, <laughs> yeah exactly and I think um, me and me and Cam were meant to do a set and I think um, afterwards just Rewire just took over and did the whole thing like thanks Rewire I appreciate that but I was just like it was the first time all year that I just thought you know what because I've been really good I've been pretty much teetotal all year yeah, and the I, same same with this I year. You drink really, mm. and uh, and I, I'm not really a drinker. So obviously, you put at that at that party. I was like so hyped because I'm like, right, this is it. I I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna get drunk, and I did, mate. And I remember coming to you, and I swear, like I must have spilt something on you, or I was like, I, I can't remember, mate. But I can't remember, man. Whatever man. I did, I apologize. I think I spilt some water in Rewire's bag. That's funny. We haven't even talked. about about how you actually got involved in DJing? Um, how did it start? So I was at uni. Um, before I went to uni, I used to watch um, like uh, stuff on MTV, which is ironic. Now we ended up working with me. What do you but, know? <laughs> um, just always watch people like Trevor Nelson and listen to him on his show and Westwood. And I really loved the way Trevor Nelson would uh, carry himself as a DJ, um, as a broadcaster. And I always wanted to be like, emulate something like that i just thought you know what you you showcase music so well um and i used to be a big fan of their brand lick was a part of it and um and when yeah, i went the to lick yeah legendary man like nothing has come close i don't think in terms of no a good r&b i don't think so um but yeah so went to uni did uni radio i did started my own night at uni um i warmed up for trevor a couple of times then i got to meet hanif and ever since then like I uh, did more work with them, and then when I graduated, I, I, uh, Hanif goes, like, "Why don't you come and work with me at Milkshake?" And you know what? I was thinking about this today because I DJed at Milkshake last night. It was phenomenal, bro. The the, the crowd was amazing. I saw a clip. I sall yeah, like, posted a clip today, right? Where the, where the night has been from when I started working on it 
Um, and so now when I don't really have any involvement, um, like Louis, is it's just such a good brand, man. And like, I'm so grateful for working for it. And I would say to any young DJ, like, don't make decisions because of money. I know everyone has different financial situations, but like, do things out of love, like, um, and you want to do things. Like, I loved working for that brand. I loved working, uh, being associated with Ministry and Milkshake, and it was it was wicked, man. And I've got so much. Everything I've got as um, as a DJ has been a byproduct of working that night, really. Yeah, I need to come down to one of those. I, I performed at a couple of Milkshakes, but I don't think yeah. you've ever been there. I think they do like the bigger ones when you guys when they do it with MTV, they they do it at Building Six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, it was Building Six. Quite, it's like a narrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. A narrow building, right? And then, and, and then they do one in Brixton, which you guys have done. And yeah, like uh, they're killing it. They're really, really good. Like um, I see so many DJs, they offer opportunities to, and they're just never like, they're not going to pay you loads of money because any DJ will bite the hand off to do it. But just take the, take the opportunity, man. You never know what will happen from it. And life is about building relationships. Um, and that will get you, make you more prosperous in the long run anyway. So let's, you, you touched, just touched up on it just now. Like, yeah. you know, your experience of new young DJs, mm. is there like a trend? Like, obviously like is, is it different to compare to when you started? Are, are you seeing things like you, that makes you think, do like just take the opportunity or like, um, no, no, that's, that's not nothing to do with DJing. That's just people's attitude. Okay. So is it, is it, is there a difference in attitudes? Like, let's just generalize. Um, I think, yeah, I think just generally, like, even as DJs, like, people want, we're in a generation where everything's ready, available now. You can order your Nando's and it gets delivered in half an hour. Like, we didn't even have Nando's delivery or anything like that. Oh, like, dude, I'm every- so hungry. You're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me. Snapchat, you can see all the best bits in 20 seconds or 10 seconds. We're in a Snapchat generation. Like, before that, there was the YouTube generation, I think. And then before that was, like, the MTV generation. So, like, you can get access to anything you want in seconds. So people's attention spans are a lot shorter. And that reflects that in, in DJs. Like, people want things quickly without doing the work, maybe. But, you know what? There are a lot of really great young DJs out there, man. Like, I I, I don't really... I don't see the, the negative side of it. Like, there's some great DJs making great money, doing great things. Like, um, I know a lot of people complain about Rusky, but he's always been nice dude rusky's a grafter man he has smashed it selling out raves uh and whatever he's getting paid he deserves it deserves it yeah man like it's funny because i was actually chatting to a promoter um last year end of last year and he was going through people that sell tickets for him and he was like rusky is a ticket seller yeah for sure and you know what like um whatever he's making he deserves it he started his own app and like and like yeah that costs a lot of money to do your own app to stream music um and now he's done it and i like props off to people like that um and the nathan doors and that like that people that um the old generation that feel threatened by that they shouldn't just just change the way you think change the way you do things like it all yeah music is always changing it's like life yeah yeah, man you've got to always is changing technology and that and you've got to embrace social media i'm not on snapchat though having said that but i've started to use insta videos a bit more i am on snapchat but i don't really use it yeah i'm like my snapchat use is seasonal i like if i'm at home like say for example in the winter when i'm mainly in the studio spending time with family i stay off snapchat completely but when i'm touring snapchat's like my friend (laughs) (laughs) do you know it's like what it's like traveling playing to festivals and like it is like i'll always try and document interesting stuff but i find a lot of the time like yesterday I have to get videos from other people because I'm too involved in the moment. That's right. To record it, yeah. But that's what a real moment's about. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's when you know you're having a moment when no phone comes out. Yeah, 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 for sure. And too busy thinking about your next song or thinking about taking the party to the next level. Yeah, and it goes... um, I, I met someone um, who I really looked up to, um, like I think it was a year or two ago. I met Maxim from Prodigy. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like, bear in mind, Prodigy about my all-time idols, man. I, I, you could probably see a lot of Prodigy in me. Yeah, you born. know what? With the um, when you had the the, the, the stage get-up, you did. Yeah, it. the face yeah. paint and all that. That was that was all inspired by Prodigy. Really? And I met Maxim, and do you know what? It was like I even said to him, I "Was like, he's like, do you want a picture?" I was like. Not really, mate. I just want to come and thank you, and I just want to say, like, you guys, you, you've been a massive inspiration. Yeah. It's like he was well surprised that I didn't, I didn't want to pitch. He's like, no, respect, man, respect. <laughs> I was oh, like, nice. I couldn't give a fuck what people think, mate. I don't want to show this off. I've got this moment with you now. Yeah. What I do? All right. Let me ask you this then: Is there anyone that you think, oh, I would like a picture with you, or like, I, I don't ever get pictures as much as I should do? Uh, um. Yeah. Probably like someone like CM Punk. Do you know who CM Punk is? No. So basically, yeah. CM Punk's a pro wrestler. Okay. But he is—he uh, has broken that wall. He's just become everything he did in pro wrestling was like it's some. I I rarely get so bought into people. I'm one of those guys that always see it for what it is. But I, I rarely get bought into someone's character or persona or whatever brand they're selling. He is someone that I was hook, line, and sinker. The yeah. way the way the way he and obviously a lot of it was written. But the best thing about CM Punk, Phil Brook is his name, is that you know that a lot of the stuff that he was doing on wrestling was his real life because he's everyone knew about his real life shit mm. uh-huh. so it was just it was just expanding on his real life shit so yeah i think a big fan of his massive I've, I've got a rare cm punk figure worth about 400 pounds in my yeah. living room you're, um, that deep. you're like um a wrestling dude fanatic then. yeah massively Is on it the, wwf then yeah it, so basically pro wrestling expands to everything so there's new japan pro wrestling there's wwe which used to be wwf there's pwg even in england man there's icw there's 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 Jesus. so there's so many i mean i went to watch a show the other day pro wrestling is fucking it's the best form of theater there is it's so really? good uh, i'm a massive fan and funnily enough i did a wrestling podcast last week which listeners are i'll i think i'm allowed to post on this podcast as well so i'll get that up so i did um a pre-wrestlemania podcast with uh, uh my mates called billy and nick from the dirty seats podcast and we rambled for about two hours on wrestling and i could do that so easily wow <laughs> i know nothing about wrestling apart from the rock <laughs> yeah, Rock's a dog though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know what I like him? God. He's always putting out positive messages. Yeah, and he's motivation. funny about it. It's, it's like there's no... Everything's very positive. Everything's very inspirational. But there's also, like, there's an element of, like, comedy. And it's just like, yeah, you're a fucking... You're a legend, bro. Run for president. I'm not an American citizen, but I would vote for you. Yeah, man. Because I'd vote anyone outside of Trump, mate. Do you know what I'm saying? We are in an era now where there's going to be a massive load of celebrity presidents judging by what's happened to Trump. Yeah. Uh, it's just awful. But, um, yeah. Oh, have you seen any films recently? <clears throat> I saw Founder last week. The Is McDonald's one. Wicked. Oh, about the McDonald's brothers. Mm. Yeah, go on. It's really good. I don't get to go to cinema much, but, like, recently, this year, I mean, like, when I go um, on a date with my girlfriend, I've been to cinema wicked because you just literally switch off from the outside world. You don't touch your phones. You just get involved. Like, even if you watch it at home, a movie, you've still got the distractions of, oh, I can pause it and take, let me just answer this WhatsApp message or let me just... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple. Let me go and grab a Rambo, uh, Mango Rubicon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Mango <laughs> Rubicon. I just have That's one, bro. That's an Indian person's drink. I just have one. <laughs> yeah, I love that drink. So uh, good. 
Yeah, go on, carry on. Um, it's a wicked movie. Sorry to digress, but yeah, yeah, it's a really good movie, and it just shows how like it's it, there's a real evil side of it. Like, it shows the evil side of human nature when it comes to trying to get money. But yeah, no, it just it shows. It, it's a quite wicked movie. If you get the opportunity to go and see it, do it. Yeah, I've got um, I've got that lined up on one of the movies to watch. I tell you what, movie I watched, dude. What would you I watch? watched Lion. Have you seen it? No, is that the one with Dev Patel? Oh, mate. He's oh my god G, he is a motherfucking g you know i did at a bafta party and he um he was there and um he just came up and gave me a fist bump and he really, he really liked his hip-hop because at the time he wanted some snoop dog is but he just him? like snoop a really likable guy <laughs> do you know yeah. okay so let me tell you about the story what's this movie about it's about right. him so basically the character that he plays i um i, I won't give too much away Did because you cry I, in the movie okay i haven't cried since lion king in 1994 okay <laughs> i just put that out there but I started crying on this movie. Yeah. I, and I, I only watched it last week. <laughs> I heard everyone cry. I sat there because I was watching it with my parents um, um, and uh, at, at my parents' house. And I sat there and towards the end, I just sit, my, my eyes just started tearing up. And I had to like, literally take myself out of the movie and think, get it together, Rav. Get it together. Get it together. I had to walk out the room. And then everyone was just like, are you crying, Rav? Are you crying? I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to put the plate in the sink. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, basically, male shit. oh, mate, the film, which is... How, uh, is it long? Uh, it's worth every minute, mate, yeah. honestly. So but the film is about Dev Patel's character. Um, he loses his... Uh, family in uh, an, uh, like a little village in India yeah. uh, about 1,000 kilometers away from Calcutta and then somehow gets adopted by an Australian family because he gets found by an orphanage in India Okay, and then he moves to Australia when he's like 10 and then he grows up and then um, the story is about him trying to find his old mum yeah, oh, his his real mum, who obviously is is in uh, just in that village, and it's just that whole process that he goes to try and find the family. And honestly, like it, I've never fe- I've never felt myself. Obviously, like you've got your Marvel film, which I'm super into, but like I've never found myself that into a film like I did when I was watching Lion. Right. And let me tell you this: does it make you feel really grateful for the family that you have? Yeah, man, it's one of those films that it does what a film's meant to do. Yeah, yeah, it really brings that emotion, and it you know at the end of it, I don't know why. If I, maybe because I'm Indian, I could relate to it. I don't know. I don't know what it was, yeah, but yeah. I was just sitting there thinking, "Oh my god!" And at the end of it, I just I, I was like, "Fuck!" I, I'm so lucky to be where I am and have the family that I've got, and it was just nuts. And I, I yeah, I, I started crying. And did I'm he win an Oscar for it? Uh, he he, I think he did. He should have. Yeah, because no, he was phenomenal. Not, he no, was so he, good in the film. Yeah. So good. You got you got to watch it. His mum to the Oscars, I think. Did what he a, really? What, yeah, did, yeah. what a legend! He's all like this auntie G. Yeah, God, Dev. <laughs> no, he seems like a really good, cool chap. Um, yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah, you do. That's definitely one you got to watch. But you know what, Martin? Um, we're, we're at the forty-five minute mark. I want to get you back on the show, man, because this has been so dope. No, no, thank you for having me and um, let me bore your listeners for 45 minutes. <laughs> it's actually, I've had, I've had so much fun chatting. And to be fair, this is the most we've chatted in fucking ages. Yeah, 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 man. It's been a while. <laughs> Even when we're at like a, a, an event, we're always kind of 
oh, someone's got to go on. So your thoughts process is always thinking about yourself. Yeah, what, what, what's going on next and where yeah, you're going to yeah, be. Yeah. And, and so this has been really nice. And dude, 100% in a couple of weeks, I want to get you back on. And, oh, um, time, you know, and, and what I want to do, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at a show or two with you uh, this summer. Um, yeah, so um, I want to get like, I want to, I want to, I want to record it while we're at the show or while we're in a hotel yeah, we'll get show or post show. Well, yeah, 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 we'll get the whole we'll get the whole squad in there and see what goes on. No, but dude, sure. okay. um, where can people find you? Um, you? You're really good on your social media game, especially Facebook. But where can people find you, like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Okay, everything is Martin M A R T I N the number two S M double O V E Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. Everything is Martin T Smooth. Dude, thank, thank you so much, man. All right, thanks, Rav. Cheers, man. Guys, this has been... Peace. <laughs> this has been Varsky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast, an education, a celebration, and a truthful account of how we live. Today's guest has been one of my good friends, Martin Too Smooth. Don't forget, guys, if you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, uh, soundcloud.com slash Varsky for all my non-iPhone heads. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace.